they were t- redefining what SEO stands for as an acronym, and we're talking about syncing expectation with opportunity. Uh, my guest today is Z Hoffman Jones, who is amazing in her own right. She's a digital marketing consultant with Distilled, and she's also a global associate with Moz as an SEO uh, blog contributor. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Z. I really appreciated it. Thank you for having me. I feel like I'm not entitled to be here, but now it sounds like I am. So let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't know about you, but I find that a lot of creative agencies, no matter what sector or subsector they're in, a ton of creative agencies just feel like way too cool for school when it comes to optimization of their own sites. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, have you seen the same thing um, as you were working with every, everyone from the ad council to agencies to brands throughout your career? Yeah, so, yeah, quick backstory there. So before Distilled, I was at the ad council, and it was so funny to have folks advising us on best SEO practices and other best UX practices, right. and at the same time seeing them completely disregard all of those things on their own end. So, yes, I I feel like it's somewhat it's partially the tendency to just make yourself your last priority. So if you're an agency, you only care about your clients primarily and you say, "All right, I don't really care about how we appear even though you shouldn't discredit your own website as your own lead generation funnel because how on earth are people going to be able to find you um and know who you are and contact you?" So Long story short, yes, they make themselves their last priorities. And I think that even distilled, we joke about it internally, but we'll find small errors here and there and say, yeah, we should be better about this. How long has that been there? Let's fix it right now. Right. Um, it's like t- typical yeah. shoemaker's daughter situation. Exactly. But what I find also is that some creative agencies, like the more creative they are, um, or the more creative they think they are, or the more innovative their solutions, it's almost like it entitles them to say, well, we don't need to do keyword research. We don't really care about prospects, you know, finding us online unless it's, you know, mm-hmm. through a speaking engagement that our CEO did. You know, is it that they don't really care about this whole sector of prospects that are literally searching for agencies just like theirs? No, I think it's more ignorance than it is about um, ambivalence or even indifference. I think it's that folks assume that by word of mouth and that and through their own works that that will speak all that'll speak for itself. That'll do all the work for them. But that you like you pointed out, it discredits the folks who are genuinely searching and don't know a damn thing about the creative agency world and don't know what they're looking for, and they're going to go with whomever has appeared most frequently in their Google searches or because someone said so on some other site and linked to them, or maybe some really great retargeted ad that is that compelling. Um, But you're right. Like I, I think it's that they're so focused on their amazing creative prowess that they don't think that it's worthwhile or they're not even aware of it. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Um, So, Let's try to like strip out all of the, the geek speak from SEO for a second, which you're actually great at. Um, so if we strip it all away, strip away the fineries, if you will, um, SEO at the end of the day is really sinking expectation with opportunity, which, you know, is sort of the, the impetus for this show. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Do you, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, so if any of your listeners or watchers don't know what SEO stands for, it's it's technically search engine optimization, 
which pigeonholes us into thinking, how do I get as high as I can in Google search results? And it takes us out of the element of looking at the entire landscape of what digital marketing encompasses, because that's really where SEO as a field is now. So what are my competitors doing? And am I even entitled to begin ranking for them? As I said at the beginning of the show, I don't know if I belong here. So who are the other folks who could potentially be here and who needs to be talking to that? Um, if you're just going to be keyword optimizing your pages, that's not going to be sufficient if you're a brand new website. So what I find that a lot of my clients and other folks who come to Distilled or are looking for answers on Moz, typically they say, all right, I want to rank for this one keyword because it's important to my business. And they'll do that without even thinking about what the user intent is, who else is ranking for it, how long those folks have been around, and what kind of promotion strategies they've built up behind their own websites. Because they could be, you know, I don't know, what's the expression, Muhammad facing the mountain. They could be facing this enormous mountain and not realizing that there may be a better angle for them around somewhere else, and it may have nothing to do with keywords. It may be that you're a brand new site and you need promotion power behind you. You need other folks talking about you. Right. So that actually brings us to the next point. Like if someone really thinks even in today's day and age that SEO is all about keywords, like school them. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know if we'll have enough time on this. Okay, well, we only have a couple of minutes, but uh, as much as you can pack in. Man. Okay. So I'm trying to think of a good analogy for this, but basically it's not all about keywords. It is about um, having a clean bill of health when you go to the doctor's office. I like to think about SEO as going to the doctor, getting your checkup, and then being told, all right, if you're going to be an ideal website or, or human being, this is also what you would do. Our doctors tell us to watch our diets, to eat healthfully, to be um, aware of our genetic and environment interactions. Those are our competitors, by the way, and our backlink history and whatever else we've done in the past. And they tell us, okay, if you're going to be an ideal human, you're going to exercise, you're also going to do this, that, and the other, and you're not going to eat after 8 p.m., so, something arbitrary. Same thing applies to SEO and digital marketing. It's not just, all right, I got my keyword meal, I'm eating a lot of veggies, but I'm not doing anything else all day. I'm still going out and I'm drinking a lot because I'm buying links or something. So it's not that you just have to have the right language on your site. It's that you need to be the ideal website for your audiences, whomever your customer is or whomever you want to be coming to your website. You need to be doing something either better than your competitors are or something completely different than your competitors are. You need to be giving them a different value add if there is a clear gap in your industry to differentiate yourself from other folks there. Um, and then get people talking about you because you know, if you build it, they won't come. If you build it and then promote it well, then they might come. Right. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So, you know, knowing that your background is, you know, obviously all digital marketing, but really, really heavily focused on the technical SEO. Yeah. Um, if SEO was an arm wrestling match, like you win hands down, even though like you're 90 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> um, but you know, and I know we're really talking more about like behavior and, and human interaction with this show. But if we were to say to these agencies, um, what's the number one technical thing that they could do on their websites mm -hmm. in order to be relevant to the people who are searching? 
So I'm going to cheat, and I did warn you that I would cheat on this question. There's not one thing, but there is one checklist that they should absolutely check themselves against like once or twice a year, depending on how many technical updates they're doing to their sites. Um, so we have, Distilled is not a plug, we have a free online checklist on our blog that's the um, technical audit checklist for human beings. Um, basically, it goes through all of the top line technical things that you should cover off on and make sure are working properly on your site. So even if you can like license Screaming Frog or a deep crawl, some crawling tool that, that you like, and just make sure that your your site has a clean bill of health, again, once or twice a year, it takes you 10 or 14 hours to do, not the end of the world. That will at the very least tell your competition and your potential clients that you your, your site is up to snuff and you're healthy. Like, you're abiding by all the general SEO standards, all the general rules, and you don't have to worry about it for a little while longer. Awesome. Okay. So let's kind of close out by sharing some of the other benefits that this shift that we're talking about, right? This shift from thinking about SEO as this technical thing. Some people think of it as fairy dust. I don't know what people think it is, but thinking of it, um, shifting that mentality and that perspective from that over to this behavioral, social, human thing. Um, yeah. How can we, what can we leave people with in terms of what the benefits are from that thought process shift? I mean, what aren't the benefits? I sound so cheesy, I apologize. But like, seriously, what aren't the benefits? Because Google has already told us that essentially the number one ranking factor now is user experience. Like, did the user who searched this thing when they got to your site find the thing that they were looking for? Or did they leave immediately and find someone else? Like Google knows what your behavior is on your website now. So if your users aren't converting and doing the things that you're ideally asking them to do or offering to them, Google takes note of that and it will lower you in the rankings if someone else is doing better. So not only is that going to benefit your SEO rankings, which everybody cares so much about and I couldn't care less about, right. <laughs> um, uh, it also benefits your bottom line, right? Because if you're a business and again, you're giving the people what they want, you have this awesome article that's giving them all the tips that they need to do X thing that you promised them they could do after reading it, <laughs> that makes people happy and they want to keep coming back and they trust you. You're a great resource. And if your conversion metric is selling something, selling some artwork online, great. You sold another piece of artwork and your conversion rate will increase if you make that as easy and seamless as possible for people. Right. And, and also, you know, just the page loading speed and all these other things that, again, can all be kind of like umbrellaed underneath user experience. But Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like the the more that you can provide that great user experience that's completely seamless across every single device, mm -hmm. of course, it's going to benefit everyone in the entire thing, including everyone throughout the sales cycle, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's not going to make people unhappy around bonus time if you increased your sales 30% because your site no longer takes eight seconds to load and instead takes three. Like, what's not to like? <laughs> All right, cool. Um, anything else that you want to leave our listeners with today? Um, just kind of like your mic drop piece of advice? Oh, God. I mean, I, okay, I would be remiss if I didn't say don't buy links. <laughs> so don't do that. If you're still doing it, please stop. Black Hat SEO is not the way to go. Um, but I, w I would say, you know, as much as you can, take um, the SEO blogs, my own stuff included, with a grain of salt because 
really because it, it matters what folks are doing on your own website, the best practices that we have out there are not vertical specific. So what might work for maybe a hospital's website may not necessarily work for your retail website. If you're selling something, it, it's not the same user experience and they're not the same expectations that users and search engines will have of, of what you provide, of what you put out there. So just because it worked for someone else does not necessarily mean that you have to do it. Um, and if you want something really specific to try out, again, complete our technical audit checklist and see where you line up. Um, and don't ignore our schema markup because that's a nice, easy way to get search engine crawlers, Google in particular, to read the, the stuff on your website much more easily. And they get to figure out exactly who you are right off the bat. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here, taking the time out. And I think people you know, that are watching this got a ton of great information. Oh, great. I'm so happy. Thank you, Kelly. This is fun.